0: Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to the latest edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of Pewter Report. We're excited. Why? It's a Monday. We love Mondays because we have roll call at 420. Coming up, that's always fun. That's where we get to find out where you are watching and listening to podcasts from, what's your location, and we'll get those up on, on the, uh, the chat stream. So we can see where you guys are tuning in from. Uh, But more than that, it's 17 days away from the NFL draft, and that's always exciting. I'm Scott Reynolds. Your host today, along with me, is Peter Report's Bailey Adams. Bailey, how are we doing today? Doing good, Scott. How are you? Good. We're going to be talking about our draft crushes. I I listed a bunch of mine in my SRS Fab Five on Friday. only going to pick a couple. We're going to go three offense and three defense, in addition to finding out uh, three Guys that you like on offense and three on defense. We've kind of narrowed it down to to players that really could be drafted by the Buccaneers. Players they're interested in or would be really good fits. Yeah, And there's some interesting names to go go off of. So we're excited about that. Um, You know what? Is this team going to draft a quarterback? Well, Jason Light said they're going to bring in like five quarterbacks for pre-draft visits. And we just put up a story on PeterReport.com not too long ago, that Will Levis from Kentucky is the latest quarterback to make a visit to Tampa Bay. I think that's coming up later this week. So Will Levis, now that marks the third quarterback, Bailey, aside from uh, Hendon Hooker and Clayton Toon. Those are the other guys that uh, the Buccaneers have brought in for some uh, pre-draft visits. But uh, I want to start off the show by getting your thoughts on – will levis if he's there at 19 is this
1: team going to pull the trigger i still think no i think maybe they're doing their due diligence and i guess there would be a reason why they're doing their due diligence just in case he slips first of all i don't think he's going to slip that far to 19. i agree um i I think he he'll be he'll be long gone before then but i suppose if he's there and they feel like you know they maybe they're not too confident in in kyle trask i think we've talked about it plenty on on this podcast and also on PewReport.com about making this a three-man quarterback race and the drawbacks yeah. for that, I, I don't see it happening. But it's it is the one of of these quarterbacks. It seems like more so than Anthony Richardson. Now he's the one that you kind of see fall a little bit further in the right. first round, maybe to where the Bucks are picking. Uh, so I, I think probably doing their research on him and getting an idea. But I would be very very surprised if if that was a pick.
0: Yeah, and and I think too, uh, it, it's important to note right when we talk about the quarterback race, there's a couple factors, right? It, now, some of you might say, okay, well, he's better than Kyle Trask, right? So go ahead and draft him instead. It, it, then there's the Hendon Hooker situation, right? Uh, long reported about a month ago that Hendon Hooker, who's one of my draft crushes, by the way, I love the kid. I think he's a fantastic prospect. He's coming in for a visit as well. And the problem with Hendon Hooker is with that knee injury, probably not going to be ready for training camp and that's going to essentially take him out of the race. I would almost rather them if they're going to draft a quarterback draft tendon hooker. The problem is, is they'd have to do it probably in the first round or trade up to get him in the second round. Cause I think he probably falls to the second round. Some people have got a first round grade on him, but he's not going to be there for rookie minicamp. He's not going to be there for OTAs or maybe training camp. He's not going to be in the preseason games coming off that ACL injury. So if that's the case, you pretty much have to redshirt the guy for this year. And Bailey, when you're looking at, at the reps needed to determine a starter, it's one thing to split the reps just about 50, 50. It's not even 50, 50. It's what it is. It's, it's like 45, 45. Then you have 10 reps for your third string quarterback. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's impossible to make it a three-way race and to give everybody a true fair shot, because now you're divvying up the reps like 33 a piece rather than 45, right? So that's 12 percent fewer reps every single day in practice, and now you've got a, a lot one preseason game each for a quarterback if it's a three-way race between a rookie, whether it's it's Hendon Hooker, whether it's Will Levis. Uh, or whether it's you know either one of those guys, then Kyle Trask, then Baker Mayfield. Oh, and by the way, it's a brand new offense. Yeah. So you got you got to find out who the starter is and then get him ready for week one. I just don't see a three
1: way race happening in in it being good process this year for the Bucks. I don't. I don't either. I mean, and on that Hendon Hooker point too is is your if you're essentially redshirting him what does happen if kyle trask proves to be the guy they drafted him to be or if baker mayfield you know has a resurgence this year and sets himself up for another contract what happens then because then you have a quarterback you probably spent an early second round pick on and just because of his draft status are you going to say all right well he's going to be our guy not knowing one if he's going to come back from that acl 100 there's also the age factor as you mentioned so it's, it's kind of a dicey situation either way i think
0: yeah. Well, and I think, too, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they draft a quarterback. But but really out of the three, it makes probably the most sense because with pressing needs elsewhere. Right. For it to be a guy like Clayton Toon. Yeah. Uh, where he's more of a young developmental guy. And then we assume that Baker Mayfield, because of ex- his experience, will beat out Kyle Trask. And if that does happen, uh, then you you have another guy kind of waiting in the wings. Maybe you're hedging your bets a little bit on Kyle Trask and say, okay, well, we'll see how Baker Mayfield does, but at least we have another young kind of gun in the hopper, so to speak, and we'll see how, how Clayton Toon develops. Maybe he becomes the guy that, that Kyle Trask couldn't, but um, we'll see, right? It's going to be interesting training camp battle for sure. It's been a long time since I've seen a training camp battle in Tampa at the quarterback positions, especially with, you know, Jameis Winston for five years as the starter, and then you've got, Tom Brady succeeding him, so it's it's been wow, a long time. Maybe Josh McCown, um, uh, Mike, Mike Lennon Glenn. was would probably be the last one, but I mean they paid all that money to McCown back in 2014, so you knew he was going to be the guy. But what we did know is, is now here's uh, here's the the visit tracker for the top 30 uh, players. The teams can bring in these draft prospects. On top 30 visits, they they're, they're called top 30 because they get 30. Of they can bring in 30 players on campus for a visit and you see the quarterbacks there. They've brought in three out of the five they're going to bring in we, that we know of. They could have brought those other quarterbacks in. But we're not sure who they are yet, but Hendon Hooker, Will Levis and Clayton Toon. The running back that they brought in is, is Rashawn Johnson. Offensive line Darnell Wright from Tennessee, that's Hendon Hooker's right tackle. Chris Murray at uh, Oklahoma. He played guard, but he'll be a center in the NFL. And then defensive line, at uh, a Adeboware from Northwestern. And Carl Brooks from Bowling Green. Outside linebackers, Nolan Smith and B.J. Ojalary. And then the news that we broke Saturday at Peter Report. Julius Brents from my alma mater, Kansas State, coming in for a top 30 visit. So that's, uh, what, 11 players now? Yeah, 11. So uh, we'll see if we can identify the other 19 before the draft Bailey, but so far we got
1: 19. We've got 19 to identify in what 17 days you said, I think. So I yeah. think we could do it. I think we can oh. get there. Uh, let's let's do it. Um <laughs> well let's let's get to some um
0: some uh interesting uh news when it comes to uh the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I thought Josh Capo had a very good story uh on Sunday yesterday on on Happy Easter too, by the way, for one who celebrates Easter. Uh you know, hopefully you had a good Sunday um, with your family. Uh, but a very interesting story about Shaq Barrett and the, the fact that that the Bucks seem to be really hedging their bets because they have not extended his contract, or I should say even restructured his contract, uh, to free up some cap money. And he's got a massive contract. I think he and Mike Evans are over $20 million cap hits this year, the two highest cap hit players. But Bailey, it just it seems that their reluctance to do that and push any more dead money into future years. And with this guy turning 31, coming off of a torn Achilles, uh, some of the data that Josh uh, uh, Capo was talking about in that article was quite telling that it's very difficult to come back from a torn Achilles and be very productive, especially as you get older in your football career.
1: Yeah, and when you have a guy like Shaq Barrett who relies so much on that get off uh, off the snap, that is going to be a really big question for the Bucks and, and for him to answer is whether or not he can get back to where he was before and and what what he relies on so heavily with the age. I know we we talked a little with Todd Bowles in the uh, in Indianapolis at the combine. He said he's not worried about his age because Brady played till forty five. I don't really subscribe to the same thinking, but um, you know he's different position, different different skill set, all that. Um, but yeah, getting up there in age and the Achilles thing, we, we've talked about it a little bit. Uh, Matt and I did last week on the podcast talking yeah. about players who need to bounce back. And Barrett is one of the big question marks because of that Achilles injury. It's a little bit tougher to come back from these days than even an ACL. And yeah. it, it really can diminish a player's speed and their their quickness off the snap. And if he doesn't have that, then he becomes you know, very limited, I think.
0: And, and it's, it's such a kind of a, a weird injury. I've never experienced it myself. I've, I've kind of strained my Achilles a little bit. And you you, you kind of, at least for me, I, again, I've never torn it completely, but I've strained it a little bit to where you walk so gingerly that you don't want it to pop, right? And <laughs> so I remember there were a couple of times when, in 2020 when O.J. Howard was coming back from his torn Achilles, actually in 2021, he tore it in 2020, in 2021, when he would be blocking, he would kind of like pick up that foot a little bit, and and almost kind of block on one leg at times because he was just so afraid to plant and and get in there. And and some of that's just a mental thing, right? Because you're going to be cleared medically to play, yeah. but it's just sometimes the mental hurdle, and that can slow you down. And um, so yeah, this team is concerned, and, and that's why they brought in guys like Nolan Smith and Bjo Jelari as pass, pass rushers for top 30 visits. And Bailey, when you and I were there at the NFL scouting combine. I think they talked with more outside linebacker slash edge rushers
1: in terms of formal visits than they did any other position. Yeah, I think so, and I think you're seeing that. And that's another thing we've talked about. Shaq Barrett, they're not sure, I don't think. I don't think they're 100% sure he's coming back the way he was. And then when you look beyond Shaq Barrett, it's JTS who, you know, there's still questions about him. So you've got your top two guys, your two starters who are, I think, written in pretty much Sharpie at this point, at least to start the season. Um, you got questions about both of them, so yeah, it makes sense that they're going to bring some of these guys in or talk to them at the combine the way they did, and probably bring in some more on those top thirty visits because I would imagine, uh, yeah, as Brandon says here, an edge rusher in the second round, maybe even yeah. the first round, um, because that is a, a glaring need. Even if Shack Barrett, I think, comes back from you know and, and it even plays to m- most of what he was before, I think he's still getting up there in age. His contract is running out. Are they going to you know are they going to renew that contract or re uh, yeah. extend him? after this season anyway you don't really know so i think you have to start building that that room i know they re-signed anthony nelson to a multi-year deal but it's still one of those things where you're kind of having to refresh that room it started a little bit by you know parting ways with jpp after 2021 and then you know it could continue into the future when when shaq barrett is no longer on the roster so they've really got to start rebuilding that room and i don't think there's a better time to start than now i
0: agree uh, Kieran uh, says hope Anton Harrison and Will McDonald are among the top thirty visits. Uh, those are some of my draft crushes right there. I mean, I I love both those players. That would be a fantastic one-two punch right there for the Buccaneers if they were able to draft those two players. I think. Uh, Al Bundy says Barrett's too old. There's no need to restructure him because they don't because the, they want to let him go after 2023. Very well could be the points there. I think I think that's. I mean, listen, unless Shaq Barrett comes back with guns blazing and acts like nothing's wrong and he he has a fantastic season, but we don't even know if he's going to be able to participate in training camp, right? I mean, I think Josh's article talked about it's just about a 12-month injury. And I know it was less uh, uh, than 12 months for O.J. Howard because he was able to to go to training camp in 2021 and he got hurt in September. So – that was more like, uh, you know, probably a ten-month recovery, for them, maybe even nine. Uh, so we'll see what the the timetable is for Shaq Barrett and and all of that. Tony Saylor says Light needs to copy the Eagles roster model, load up on the trenches. Well, believe it or not, I think, I think Jace Light's done a pretty good job at that. If you look at at where he's spent a lot of draft capital, um, you know, the offensive line has been one of those positions where he is not shy about using premium picks, right? You look at this at this current roster, Bailey, and you've got Tristan Wirfs, who's a first-rounder. They just released Donovan Smith, but he was the left tackle since mm-hmm. 2015, second-round pick. Ali Marpet, second-round pick. Alex Kappa, third-round pick. Robert Hansey third-round pick. Luke Gedeke, second-round pick. And we're talking about drafting an offensive tackle, right, either in the first or second round. So yeah. I, I think he has done a very good job of allocating draft capital on the offensive line. Then you look at the defensive line, if we're going to include the outside linebacker position, because that's essentially on the line in, in the Bucks' 3-4 defense, even though mm-hmm. they play at the four-man front in a lot of nickel packages, Vita Vea, right? Uh, Logan Hall, who was their first pick last year at the top of the second round. Joe Tryon-Shoinka, we talk about them drafting a, an outside linebacker in the first or second round this year. That's going to be another premium pick. Um, so I, I think he's done a pretty good job of – of, you know using draft capital he's also used trades he traded for jason pierre paul mm-hmm. back in what 2019
1: uh 2018 18 17s i can't yeah. remember at this point yeah, yeah.
0: that was a third round pick he used to get jpp so um yeah i i trust me jason light knows all about trench play i mean he he is going to continue to fortify those areas they're not done yet by any means and uh and todd bowles was was a little frosty when i i asked him and he wasn't frosty at me but just at the <laughs> results um when i said you know todd if you if if, if i would have gone back to training camp and told you that your leading sacker this year would have been your nose tackle Vita Vea six with six and a half sacks what would you have thought he's like well i wouldn't have believed you right <laughs> just, yeah. it, every single year he's been a defensive coordinator in a 3-4 scheme he's had you know a He's he's had a, an outside linebacker be the leading sacker,
1: and that's that's yeah. what it's supposed to be in this defense. Yeah, you could tell his, his disappointment in the answer because I think even toward the end of the answer, he was like, "Yeah, I mean, we're obviously happy with the way Vita played, but yeah. I think he kind of gave him his kudos, but also was like, we we need more from the outside linebackers." And I think even before that press conference, at the end of the season, he talked about needing more sack production out of those outside linebackers and yeah. edge rushers. So I would yeah I, I would think that's a very early priority in the draft.
0: Yeah. Um, so let's, uh, let's do this fun little thing that we do every Monday. Bailey, you're a part of it today. It's called roll call. Where are you at? Peter people, Bailey, I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you feel like having a little rant today? Uh, sure. Why not? Okay. All right. That's good. Uh, what, what, (laughs) what we do now is this is the time where all you Peter people that are participating in the chat, tell us your location. Where are you watching or listening the show from today? And we'll put it up on the screen while Bailey goes off on a tangent for about a minute or two. And uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in uh, to any of the Peter Report podcasts, but especially on Mondays because we do roll call and it's fun. And you know what? We're going to do roll call to the first night of the draft. How about that? That'll be fun. For everyone who's tuning into our draft show, we are going to be doing a a live three-day draft show that we we do every single year. It'll be right here on a Peter Report TV channel, so stay tuned for that. That'll be, what, April 26th, Bailey? Thursday night? 26th? 27th, I think. 27th. Okay, 27th. Yeah, 27th. All right, Bailey. So here we go. This is your first uh, rant on roll call here. Uh, So take it away.
1: All right, let's rant about the safety position because I think um, we're going to talk about these draft crushes in a minute. There's a guy I left off because I don't necessarily think he's probably a fit anymore uh, at the number 19 pick, but he's one of my draft crushes, Brian Branch. And so I'm not going to tell you why they should draft Brian Branch at 19, because at this point I don't think it's a possibility. But I, I think that safety room has to be a priority. Uh, like we talked about the edge rushers has to be a priority early on. Safety also is going to have to be, I think, a day two selection if it's not going to be day one because of what they have at the position. They have Antoine Winfield Jr., who set himself up really, really nicely so far for a second contract. I think that's going to be a priority uh, going forward, maybe next offseason, or have to be next offseason, I guess. But um, he's done really well. But behind him, they have now Ryan Neal, who they've signed to a one-year deal only. I'm yeah. really, really high on the signing. I'm really, really, you know, I feel really good about that. If he comes in and has to be a starter day one, I think he probably will be and should be. Um, but again, he's a one-year commitment. You don't know what you're going to get beyond this year. And behind those two, you have Nolan Turner, who I think had a really good training camp last last offseason or yeah. last summer. But we don't know anything beyond him, him having a nice training camp, a nice preseason. So it's going to be a room that they have to fill out whether that is bringing back Logan Ryan on a one-year deal. But yeah. I think some of this is going to have to be future-oriented, which is why it's going to be early in the draft. You're going to maybe not necessarily talk about Brian Branch on, on day one anymore unless you're trading down and, and collecting more picks and can still get him because I still like the player a lot. I like what he does in the slot. Right. Uh, I, I like what he, the production and overall playmaking ability he showed at Alabama. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't know what, whether it's – it's probably not going to be number 19 anymore, but I think day two is probably going to be that sweet –
0: Yeah, it it sounds to me like like offensive tackle, edge rusher, either first or second round, and then I think that that third position could very well be safety. I I, I agree with you, uh, or or like a, a what we call a slot safety or a slot corner, someone to mm-hmm. really man that because that is the other vacant spot right now yeah. is that starting slot pos, uh, position where you know when when it was Sean Murphy Bunting, he was a cornerback last year it was Antoine Winfield, he was a safety. So uh, yeah. we appreciate everybody. You know, helping us out with roll call—that was fun. Um, Want to uh, pass some condolences on to Matt Matera today. He's usually on here with, with Monday. His pop up uh, passed away today—not today, but I think uh, over the weekend. Um, but he's he's not on the show today. Uh, mourning the the loss of his ninety uh, year old pop up So we're sending our our thoughts and prayers and love to Matt and the Matera family. And uh, and we're gonna we're gonna carry on and, and have a, a fun show with our draft crushes. So Bailey. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm going to start off with my, uh, with my top picks first. Okay. Um, my top picks are uh, fantasy vibe. <laughs> All right. Orange sparkling. And one of my absolute favorite kinds of flavors in the afternoon, the sparkling lemon lime. Now, of course I'm talking about Celsius, not my draft crushes. These are my Celsius crushes. Maybe I should have said that at the top, but listen, folks, if you're looking for a fantastic tasting energy drink that's going to give you the energy without the sugar crash well you found it in celsius the official energy drink of Peter report uh, why because there's no sugar in celsius that's what makes it awesome is some of these other energy drinks they have sugar in them and then you get that rush of energy and three or four hours later boom you're crashing hard and that's no fun because you want the energy to sustain you i have never ever crashed off of a celsius Uh, It's absolutely fantastic. The only thing better than the energy you get from Celsius is the flavor. Holy smokes, folks, whether it's that new um, uh, fantasy vibe or the original vibes, the Arctic vibe, the peach vibe, the tropical vibe, or any of the tremendous Celsius flavors, and they have a new flavor that's coming out. I was on the call with Celsius today. I'm not going to say what it is today, but it's coming out, and it sounds incredibly awesome. It's a new vibe flavor. So stay tuned for that, folks. But uh where can you get Celsius? Well, there's two places that I can point in your direction. Number one, you can order it on Amazon and do the subscribe and save, which I recommend. You can get Celsius delivered to your door on a certain schedule that you set, and you can save money by doing that. Or if you want to just grab some cans and pick out some flavors and see which ones you like, well. You can do that, too. Go to Celsius.com, click on the store locator, and then you will find all of these different places that will pop up. Health and fitness stores, convenience stores, uh, grocery stores, bodegas, as Matt Matera would say. <laughs> so just make sure that you're grabbing a Celsius, Celsius, the official energy drink of Pewter Report.
1: Well, I know you said that those aren't your draft crushes, but I think—I mean, you know better than I do—but those are going to have to be some of your draft crushes to get us through that weekend because we're going to. Yes.
0: Them. Oh yeah, and and Celsius—they're going to be sending us a, a buku amount of of uh, product for that weekend too, so we will be energized all need weekend it. long. Yeah, it's <laughs> yep. it's a fun show, but it's very taxing. It's we're going to be live, folks. Uh, if you haven't seen our, our draft shows that we do, it's Thursday from 7 p.m. which is an hour before the draft 7 p.m. till midnight and then on friday which is day two of the draft draft starts at seven but we go at six so that's from 6 p.m. till about midnight and then saturday it starts at noon that's what time the day three of the draft starts we'll be on at 11 a.m. because we get an early jump on things so we'll be on from 11 a.m. till like five o'clock or whenever the bucks make their last pick so yeah so I'm I'm trying to line up like sucrets or Chloraseptic or something as another sponsor <laughs> because like we're gonna need it with our sword throats afterwards. But yeah, that'd be fun. I think so. Should be fun. Looking yeah. Yeah. Well, let's um, let's let's dive into our our draft crushes here, Bailey. And uh, most people probably read mine of Fab Five. I'm gonna talk about mine a little bit later, but I'm gonna let you start with some of yours because. Uh, we'll start with the defensive guys first because defense wins championships. and it's more fun to talk about defense. Right. Yeah. But, um, I've got to say, uh, one of the guys that you had on your list, I think is really, really good. And I like him a lot. His name is say it.
1: Felix and Yudike Uzoma.
0: Boom. You nailed it. Good job. From,
1: from Kansas state, K state. State. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of, of Felix. I think, um, what I, I don't think I realized until later after, you know, watching him and, and learning a little more about him is he's young. He's really, really young. Yeah. Uh, he's, I think he's 21 years old, um, coming into the league at 6'3", 255, a really, really ideal size for the position. Um, and he has the production to back up where I think he's probably going to fall in the draft, which is pretty early. I know I've seen some round one grades. I've seen some round three grades. I think it's somewhere in that sweet spot in the middle. In 19 and a half sacks in the last two seasons, eight yeah. forced fumbles, PFF had him at eighty nine pressures in the last two years, and you know he has he has good bend. He's an immediate plug and play guy, which is interesting with what we just talked about. I think with the Bucks uh, edge rusher position, because of the question marks there, if they needed to throw him into the fire as a rookie, I think he would be able to handle it pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. He is. He's just he got those those sacks and turnovers over the last couple of years, and and really really just a, a perfect outside the tackle guy. Um, and the Bucks have been lacking—not that they've been lacking—they um, lacked this past year. They lacked production out of the edge yeah. rusher position. Not that it's happened in the past, but I think the last couple of years, especially, have been lacking in turnovers and um, you know getting after the quarterback. Not the best this past year, and he could add some more size to him. I think. I think he has the frame for it. Yeah, he does. Um, but I think he's at a pretty good, pretty good size. As he has good bend, um, his athleticism and speed is good. I think just all around, he is a. A pass rusher that I would love to see in that Bucks uniform and the in the creamsicle uniform at one point this year too. But, That's right. Um, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm not telling you anything that you don't know about your own K State Wildcat. I do like
0: him, and I would not mind one single bit if Felix of Ozama ends up being a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. However, I'm not just beholden to Felix. There's a lot of edge rushers I like this yeah. year: Derek Hall from Auburn, uh, Will Anderson. Um, from, I'm sorry, Will McDonald. Yeah, Will Anderson. Sure, why not? <laughs> Will McDonald. And 19 from, would be good value for Will That Anderson. would be tremendous value. Jason Light pulls that off. I mean, he's already got general manager of the year in the bag. Yeah. But, no, Will McDonald from Iowa State, I, I think, is is also a tremendous fit for the Buccaneers and probably in the second round as well. So there's a lot of guys I like. I'm not going to just be zeroed in on Felix. But, yeah, that, that's that's a strong start right there, Bailey. I'm going to give you props right. for that. So, um <laughs> I do think Felix has got some upside. He is young, like you said. Uh, he's already 255. I think he probably tops out around 260, but probably a little bit more rocked up. Mm-hmm. Um, Kansas State's strength conditioning program is not as robust as uh, you know as you're going to find. I mean, if you put Derek Hall right next to Felix Andrade Ozama, one looks more like a football player than the other. Yeah. That would be Derek Hall. Not the muscles are everything, folks. Because I mean, this team's had their share of bodybuilder types that haven't amounted <laughs> to anything but i'm just saying that that's a that's a pretty good start speaking of rocked up
1: though this guy right here man your second guy yeah sydney brown um, sydney brown it's funny because i will spoil it a little bit as the next two guys are both from illinois um but sydney brown at 510 211 kind of has similar size i'd say to antoine winfield jr i think antoine's yeah. right around right around that um well, i think more of a traditional safety is very physical and he also was a playmaker it's kind of the best of both worlds there he had 10 career interceptions at illinois he had six last year yeah um and he does he he's spent some time here and there um mostly in in the box i think he had, he had 444 snaps uh playing in the box last year yeah. as, as a as opposed to 60 as a deep safety Played the slot a little bit 177 in the slot um, right. and, and similar numbers in uh, 2021 but i think the athleticism the explosiveness and it's kind of like an effortless effortless explosiveness. I don't, it doesn't look like he, it's just, it's he's, he's very fluid. I think with the way he plays the game. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it would be a make for a good pair. I think he could play yeah. a little bit more in the box as he did a little bit last year. Um, and then Antoine's, I think a really good um, center field type in, in the free safety role, but I think you can use both of them pretty interchangeably.
0: Yeah. There's no doubt. Um. And, and I think too, th- this is a player with a nose for the ball, very much like Winfield had a lot of picks in college. Yeah. Um, uh, Sydney Brown had six interceptions last year alone, and it's funny because you say that that he gets most of his snaps in the box. A lot of the interceptions came with him actually playing cover two, where he was one of the deeper safeties. Yeah. So it's kind of uh, you know funny that that he's you know that he's um, uh, almost like like you said another version of Antoine Winfield. Imagine having two Antoine Winfield Juniors back there. <laughs> that's that's pretty damn good.
1: I think if you ask Todd Bowles, he would love to have 11. I know not necessarily all of yes. them being the same size as Antoine Winfield Jr., but I think he would like having 11 Antoine's out there. But I do want to correct what I said. I think he played a lot in the box at Illinois. I don't know that he projects as well being a, just a solely a box safety in the NFL, yeah. um, but he's obviously shown that he's capable of, of playing playing in the box. But, um, yeah, I, mean, I, I think a guy that probably is a, a early day two guy uh, from what I've seen in, in a lot of the grades.
0: Yeah, well, I I agree with you there. I um, Felix, I'm down with I'm down with Sidney Brown as well. So I think you're two for two as far as <laughs> as guys that I like. Uh, let's see if if Todd Bowles and Jason Light agree. Now, here's the thing too: they did interview Sidney Brown with a formal visit at the combine, and they did so th- the same thing with um, with Felix, right? So these are two players that they met. <laughs> had formal interviews with at the combine. So they're definitely on the Bucks' radar for sure. And we, we think that these are two legitimate prospects, one or, or both of these guys could be on our Bucks' best bet list. We're formulating that list right now. It'll change a little bit. Like people are changing their, their draft boards yes. and NFL war rooms. We're changing our Bucks' best bets uh, depending on who comes in, you know, and all that. And, and there's a report that Lucas Van Ness is at, um, one buck place for a top 30 visit today. Uh, I don't think he's going to be there at number 19. And I'm not a huge fan to be perfectly frank with you. I I think that, I think he's a really good bull rusher. Um, I think they already kind of have that player and maybe a less athletic version of Anthony Nelson. And I think they're looking for more speed, but it's interesting because the guys that they did not formally interview at the combine, they're bringing in for top 30 visits. Lucas Van Ness, Nolan Smith, B.J. Ogilari. Those guys did not have formal interviews with the Bucks at the combine, but mm-hmm. yet they're bringing him in here. It's almost like they're kind of just doing their due diligence just to make sure that they, you know, are, I'm not saying they're crossing these guys' names off, but you know, it's it just, it's two different lists, right? There's combine yeah. interviews. And then the, these guys they're bringing
1: in are guys that they did not formally interview at the combine. Yeah. And as we mentioned earlier, there were a lot of them. They did interview at the combine and maybe it's a case where, all right, we talked to these guys at the combine and we've gotten what we basically need from talking to these guys. Don't necessarily need to spend one of our 30 visits on him. Let's bring in another guy. We haven't done as much work directly with. Yeah. Um, yeah, That's an interesting one.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Um,
0: So, and then your third one, you kind of tipped us off. Uh, Yeah. It's, it's he's from Illinois as well. And we're talking about Kwan Martin who, I really like.
1: That That Illinois, you see Witherspoon there, that Illinois yes. <laughs> secondary was, was unreal, really. And you look yeah. at the, the prospects they have in this draft specifically, it kind of makes me wonder what they're going to look like this uh, upcoming college football season with all those guys in the draft. But Quan Martin, uh, uh, longer. He's, he's 5'11", uh, 194. Yeah. He is a another guy that's a, pl- a plug-and-play playing in the slot. Yeah. I think he's he a slot is. safety man. He is. He yep. really is. And I know uh, that's something Todd Bowles – talked about, talked to us about in Indy was he doesn't want to play Antoine Winfield Jr. in the slot. If he can help it, he he wants to move him back to that safety position and leave him in one spot. And I think that safety position, as I think we've written and talked about uh, since that press conference is, is definitely where he is better off, um, you know, staying in terms of Antoine Winfield Jr. But yeah, almost a thousand snaps in the slot over the last two seasons, as opposed to only 136 in the box and 197 at deep safety um another guy is really smooth he's got good ball skills and he really really lit it up at the combine i mean he was uh, And in these testing i don't like to put too much stock in the testing but right. it is it's a good kind of gauge of where things are he's a four four six forty was third among safeties his 10 yard split was tops his 44 inch vertical was tops and his 11 foot one inch broad jump was tops among safeties so a guy that really really showed out the combine i think raised his stock there and you're seeing a little bit more um about him in in the lead up to the draft, and and again, I think he's a, he's a day two guy, um, and uh, it, another guy who I, I think I would I would place him in terms of crushes uh, for the Bucks, especially specifically with the Bucks' need. I would probably place Martin above Sidney Brown for right now. Um, yeah, but, again, that's fair to say. Yeah, I mean
0: everything that I've heard is you know your starting safeties are going to be Winfield and and Ryan Neal. I mean yeah. they love Ryan Neal. He is a starting caliber safety. So yeah, I think this the open vacancy now is that slot position. They need somebody to go in there in the slot and play like a cornerback, play like a third safety, and and be that guy that can cover slot receivers, tight ends, you know, that are flexed out, um, tight ends that are in line. That's that's really what they need. And and I agree with you. I, I, as much as I like Sidney Brown, if they were to get Quan Martin in the third round, if Brown's gone in the second, if they go offensive tackle, then edge mm-hmm. or, you know edge rusher, and then safety but it's someone like Quan martin in third round i'm fine with that. that's that's a win 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 right there for the buccaneers right and, off the bat not,
1: not having uh, a current starting slot I mean, you know like you might want to say maybe the slot corner is in a starting position but in the bucks defense it's essentially you know one that it's oh, yeah. maybe not starting it, it's important it is basically a starter if you're not saying he's a, a the, the, they're
0: in starter. nickel defense between 60 to 70 percent of the snaps yeah. the entire season so yeah i mean you're you're talking about uh you know, pretty much a full-time player, really. Yeah. Uh in, in this day and age. Now, back in the 80s or 90s, you're on base defense at least half the time, if not probably 60% of the time. But the, the, the passing game has taken over. You're seeing more three and four wide receivers, and you're also seeing more more tight ends like the Travis Kelsey's, the George Kittles, yeah. those types of players that you really need a slot player, whether it's a safety or a cornerback, to cover those because and you know, you only have maybe two athletic linebackers. Most teams don't have a third yeah. that can really get out there and cover and do those things. So in this day and age, you're in nickel more than you're not. So yeah. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um so that would be one hell of an investment right there for, for the Buccaneers to if they were to get a slot safety, slot corner like Quan Martin, otherwise known as Jartavius Martin. But yeah, he's going by Quan Martin. Uh, that would be a tremendous investment. And you know where you can make your investments uh, work for you? At, at
1: Muni Financial, of course. At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations, you we're so happy. Thank for you. 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 Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treatment? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really gotta come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track. So, you can still prepare for tomorrow today. A Muni Financial. Plan ahead, stay ahead.
0: That's right. Planning ahead and staying ahead. The Buccaneers are planning to have a big draft, and you can plan to have a big retirement. How about that? Managing your family's wealth means more to Muni Financial than simply allocating your assets. It means legacy planning, brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, college savings accounts, and insurance services. With 40 years of experience, not just in the Tampa Bay area, not just in Florida, but across the country. Let Immuni Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Give them a call at 1-800-868-6864 or visit them on the web at immuni.com. All right, Bailey, let's get into your offensive crushes here. And you and I, we have one crossover guy, which we'll we'll mention last. That's the tight okay. end. So let's go with, uh, with the guy that I was spending a lot of time watching on tape today and a player that the Buccaneers have had in for a a top 30 visit, and that is Texas's Roshan Johnson.
1: Yeah, Roshan I think is, we kind of were figuring this out in the, in the Pew Report group chat, maybe you know, on Saturday. We all just kind of started talking about him as a prospect and seemed like collectively we were all like, all right, he might be a, a consensus uh, favorite of some of ours. Um, but just, I, I think the perfect compliment uh, to Rashad White, and I think just the perfect kind of player and person that the Bucks look for um, in terms of if who they draft. But he's a, he's definitely a power back. He's, he's six yeah. foot two, around two twenty. Um, his and I, I mentioned him a little bit on uh, last show. I was on last Wednesday because that was the day they brought him in, or yeah. that we found out they're bringing him in for that visit. But he had a forty five percent missed tackle rate forced over the last couple of years, um, just breaking tackles, and that was a uh, leading the country. And something that I think. Uh, could end up playing to his advantage. Maybe it wasn't something that's going to play to his advantage in terms of draft stock, but he was stuck behind Bijan Robinson at yeah. Texas, obviously. Um, so there's not a ton of wear and tear on no. Rashawn Johnson. I think he's, right. he was somewhere around. Uh, I don't remember exactly year by year what his carries were, but definitely a, a lesser workload given that Bijan yeah. was the go-to guy. Um, but you know, I mean, he he breaks tackles. He runs hard um you know maybe not the fastest guy doesn't have the breakaway speed but i yeah. don't think and, and to an extent of what the role that he would need to play is he wouldn't need that breakaway speed right um for what the bucks would need him for but just uh it feels like something that he, he has a skill set that would complete the bucks backfield and what i mentioned with the character stuff is that you know being stuck behind a star running back like Bijan Robinson isn't easy and i think especially with the transfer portal era that we're in Guys are transferring out all the time if they're not getting the snaps they think they should get. Right. But, you know, his coaches and even Bijan at the, at the Combine said that Roshan was the best teammate he's ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve Sarkeesian, the Texas head coach, was, you know, raving and raving about him at the end of last year. And if you look back to even before the start of last year, he when they had the Big 12 media days, he was one of the representatives. Yeah. And he's not that even their RB1. Lot. Yeah. Right. you only take, I think, three guys for for those media days. Um, and so to have him there and, and you know, peg, peg him as one of your leaders, um, even though he is uh, your your RB2, it was it said a lot about, I think, who he was for that locker room in that program.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, and the interesting thing is he was a former quarterback at uh, at Texas and and then he, you know, lost the job. And, and so he moved to running back They really needed him when B. John Robinson got hurt for most of the year a couple of years ago. And the funny thing is, is I, I watched every single catch and carry from 2021 and also 2022 today. And I started watching the 2021 and I'm familiar with them because I'm from Big 12 country. So I, I've seen him and Bijan destroy K-State a couple times. am <laughs> glad they're out of there now. Um, but actually, the glad Texas is out of the Big 12 after this year. So I'm just yeah. going to say that. Yeah. Bye. Bye, Texas. Bye, Oklahoma. Welcome, UCF. Charge on. So... Um, yeah, so Bailey's a knight. I'm a Wildcat, so we're going to have fun little bets, uh, not just in <laughs> football, but basketball a couple times a year. It'll so oh, be fun.
1: I was hoping to avoid basketball. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but the thing with with that is, so I'm watching Rashawn Johnson, and I'm watching the 2021 film, and I'm like, eh, okay. Like, ah, eh, all right. Like, okay, that was a good run, you know? It, honestly, I thought his best carries came out of the Wildcat when he was getting the ball directly snapped from center. And, and so I watched... The 2021 film was like, okay, like all right, he's good back. And then I watched the 2022 back, and wow, the difference, the, the growth in one year, right? Because this guy has not been playing running back very long. We're talking just a couple of years. But the growth, the moves, the stiff arm that he unleashes in 2022 with great regularity, it's just it's incredible how much growth I saw on, on film. Again, like you said, it's a limited – number of snaps because he's playing behind Bijan robinson he was healthy last year right so but i mean that stiff arm is lethal and wicked and he's a strong dude i think this is a guy that he can be a thousand yard back in the nfl probably not as a rookie it's going to take him a little bit of time to continue to learn the position and to adjust but listen if the buccaneers drafted him i I would not poo-poo that pick at all I, i would be fine with it the interesting thing though bailey is 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 they would they have to essentially burn probably a third round pick, yeah, on him, and they've drafted Rashad White in the third round. They drafted Keyshawn Vaughn in the third round. They drafted Chris or Charles Sims back in the third round. So if Jalen's going to draft a running back, it's going to be in the third round. Like he's already put that out there. Yeah, uh, does this team
1: need a, a running back in the third round? Probably not. That's that's where it gets kind of dicey because you look. At a lot of the grades for him, or even fourth round. You know, a yeah. lot of people are saying fourth round. They don't have a fourth round pick. That's right. So if yeah. it would either be something where they have to pick up picks somehow, or pick up a later third round pick, pick up yeah. a fourth round pick. Where, where they are in the third round right now, I probably would prioritize another position. Right. But I guess just depending on way the way the board falls, yeah. it, it all depends on that. And but, if he
0: is like, you know, if, if, let's say they have a second round grade on him, right? Yeah. Let's say they love him. I mean, he he might be the standout player on their board at that time if they're going best player available. So yeah. if they stick to your board, that's one thing. I just remember them drafting Keyshawn Vaughn in the third round. And I was like, what? <laughs> As like a fourth or fifth round pick, but they didn't have a fourth round pick at that time. So,
1: yeah, I, I remember saying in the group chat the other day that because like, there's a ton of running backs that I like that there's probably going to be whoever they end up drafting for the draft a running yeah. back. It's going to be someone that I'm just way off the board for me. Like not that yeah. I don't like them, but that's somebody that I didn't spend a lot of time crushing yeah. on in terms of The draft, and it's happened quite a few times now, uh, right? In in the Jason Light era, so if it happened again, I wouldn't be so surprised. (laughs)
0: Exactly. Well, this guy right here—that's—we're not talking Sidney Brown now. We're talking uh, Ibrahim Muhammad Ibrahim from uh, Minnesota. If if they draft him in this, man, this guy is an absolute banger and a bruiser, and I think he's he's that type of angry runner they're looking for. He's not a splash guy. He's not a dash guy. He's more of a bash guy, but. This guy could be a nice one-two punch if they don't go with, with uh, Rashawn Johnson there. Uh, so let's let's carry on with um, not Jason Voorhees because that would be from Friday the 13th. We're talking about Andrew <laughs> Voorhees. But the similarity between Jason Voorhees and Andrew Voorhees is Jason Voorhees is dead. And Andrew Voorhees' knee is dead right now. It's yeah. trying to make a comeback because, unfortunately, this guy – who was probably a second or third round pick, he was definitely going to be a day two guy at a USC, tore his ACL at the combine doing on-field positional drills, which was a shame. But the thing is, is he didn't just curl up and and go home. He busted out 38 reps on the bench before he left the combine. So, uh, you know, he's, he's, Strong, incredibly strong. Um, Played, I think, what, four years there, maybe five years at USC?
1: I think he was over six years. I I lost you there for a second. So I don't know if there was some kind of weird cutout, but I think he was over six years.
0: Yeah. He's got a ton of experience, uh, very good mover, strong, would be ideal for this Dave Canales West Coast offense, or not, I shouldn't say West Coast offense, but wide zone offense. They ran a lot of that at USC um i i love the pick now the thing is is you're going to be investing a pick in a player who's literally going to be redshirting this year yeah but this is a starting caliber guard right um yeah. when he's healthy
1: that's when i they, when i sent this over to you as one of my draft questions i was like if you if you need me to to swap him out i can i just because I, I don't know that the bucks would necessarily in a position to where they can make a I guess what you would call a luxury pick given the, the injury situation. He's not gonna right, if year.
0: he's there in the fifth round and you and you draft him in the in the fifth round. Yeah. And you're you're exactly. getting a future
1: starter there. Like
0: I, I don't have a problem if Jason Light
1: does that. Right. And and I think that would be almost I think whoever gets him, especially if it's if it's later like that, it's gonna be a great value. It's gonna be a steal. Um and I think it, you're looking at the Bucks, if they do that, it's this season they're piecing together their guard position with um, you know, whether it's Gedicke, Leverett, Hainsey stinny whoever it is yeah um you piece it together this year you figure that out maybe you find one who's going to be a longer term starter and then next year you plug in Voorhees as the guy that's now fresh off of his his injury and fully recovered from it yep exactly
0: uh let's let's get to a couple super chats before we round out your draft crushes here bailey okay we, we have a couple to get to which we love super chats and we're going to bump those right to the front of the line let's do the first one first And the first one comes from, let's see, I have it queued up here. Where did it go? Here we go. From Spider-Man, what are your thoughts on Austin Hooper's comments stating that the Browns' higher-ups made up comments about Baker being immature so they could get Deshaun Watson? Um, Wouldn't wouldn't surprise me one bit. The Browns are going to Brown, right? That's (laughs) that's what what bad franchises do. Yeah. But Jason Light and his scouts did a thorough job. Rob McCartney, who heads up the, the pro personnel department, John Spitek. They talked with a lot of coaches at multiple stops that Baker had, from Carolina to LA last year, and of course with Cleveland. They said he was a great teammate. They said Baker, Baker Mayfield was a great teammate, no character issues, nothing like that. Very competitive guy, wants to win, good leader. So I, I think that backs up what Austin Hooper is saying, right?
1: Yeah, I, I completely I missed these comments. I haven't really looked in. I haven't seen this yet, but I'll look into that later, I guess. Um, but I, I would believe it because it did feel like there was some sort of smear campaign uh, on, and things really soured there at the end there with Baker yeah. um, and the Browns. And yeah, they got in Deshaun Watson, and it was all right. See ya. Um, but I, I've been very pro Baker. I think since his Oklahoma days, and I know there yeah. were some whatever you want to call him immaturity some of the taunting that he did i personally thought it was i loved you know, it i like it so. especially
0: when he grabbed his crotch against KU yeah i loved it yeah i, so I, 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 I can't wait, i can't wait to relive that moment with baker <laughs> i think we'll bond over that our
1: mutual yeah, hatred for KU so. i think so yeah. um yeah so even going back to that it was nothing you know that stood out to me but I, i've always thought that some of this character stuff or some of the the things that have been said about him have been overblown and i think a lot of that had yeah. to do with the way that things ended with cleveland um and it's just funny to see how that went because he got them back to the playoffs i know it wasn't know. solely on him but he got the cleveland browns to the playoffs yeah. and won a playoff game and what was it a year later they were saying you know bad teammate whatever it is let's yeah. get him out of here so
0: interesting browns browns are gonna brown you know yeah salty buccaneer thanks for the super chat we appreciate it we stunk last year at running the ball sure white had moments but let's not act like he was Derek Henry. Not being used early in his career by Vrabel, fair point. Uh, listen, Rashad White will have a shot at the number one starting job, but he's got to earn it, just like everybody has got to. And and uh, this team, they're gonna get another running back. They they also have signed Chase Edmonds, and the Keyshawn Bonds in a contract year. Watch out for guys in contract years. They have a lot to prove. Uh, so I. Wouldn't be surprised if if the Buccaneers running game based upon the scheme that Dave Canales is going to deploy and the fact that these guys are chomping at the bit to make amends for last year when this team, A, didn't run the ball hardly at all, and B, when they did run it, it wasn't very effective. So uh, trust me, from what I've heard from the running back room, that room is raring to go right now. They can't wait to get the the pads on and, uh, and really get after it this year.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't want to say last year with the run game was a wash because it happened and the results were the results, but yeah. I think it's it's going to be a completely renewed sense of uh, urgency and just overall just the scheme, I think, is going to be itself, it's going to be a, a huge improvement. I think you're going to see improvements from the running backs yeah. because of that.
0: All right, uh, I want to say Surio uh, Southpaw one not allow me to super chat in Jamaica, which is stupid. So uh, we, we appreciate the effort. And I'm not sure what the conversion rate would be in the Jamaican economy to America. But, uh, Mr. Southpaw, if you have a question, I'm happy to answer it here in the, yep. the remaining nine minutes we have. So
1: let, let us know who we need to talk to about getting Super Chats going in Jamaica.
0: Yeah, we'll get right on that. A <laughs> um, couple of other uh, things here too just a, a question from uh, my Overland Park buddy Christopher Oxentine Scott and I'm coming to Kansas City for the draft no I've actually never been to the NFL draft we're so busy at one buck in your place otherwise known as the Advent Health Training Center that uh, I really don't have the luxury to go there um, my daughter Ellie who goes to K-State she's wanting me to go to the draft this year in Kansas City and I said Uh, sorry i'm working (laughs) i'd love to otherwise but it's it's a big work weekend for me my birthday is april 23rd thankfully it's not on the draft this year sometimes it is which makes for a very long birthday but um so i would love to i'm excited that it's going to kansas city though because it's a fun football town so i'm i'm definitely excited about that um another question here grace point When are the Bucs revealing their creamsicle throwbacks? Well, as soon as the schedule comes out, which will be probably the middle of May. And I love the fact, too, now, Bailey, that they are putting the schedule off until after the draft so they can find out which one of these teams get the franchise quarterbacks and kind of marry it up like that. Don't you agree?
1: Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I, I don't know, I can't remember when they started doing that. Do you do you know when they started doing that? A couple I don't... years ago. I want to say it was they... Kyler Murray, his draft, okay. I think. Because they just so they happened they just so happened to have the luck of Jameis Winston versus Marcus Mariota back in twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen because yeah. um, that's just the way it, it, it panned out. I know they probably knew you know this right. is the team with number one pick versus the number two pick. So it worked out that way. But yeah. um yeah, no, I, I definitely like it. And I, I think I'm always itching to right around this time of year, I'm like, can the schedule just come out? And I know yeah. you know, we got about another month to wait, but right. I'm ready for it.
0: Well, we're gonna not wait anymore. Uh we're not gonna wait a second longer to get your final draft crush on this on the offensive side. A, a player that you and I both have a crush on, Josh Wyatt yeah. from Cincinnati.
1: Yeah. And I know it's, um, I think this proves my, my lack of bias because I hate Cincinnati. <laughs> yes. Um, I hate the university of Cincinnati, um, as a UCF person, but, uh, no, I ju- I mean, I like good football players and Josh Wiley's well, a good football yeah. player. Um, the size obviously is what jumps out. He's six, six and a half. I think it is. Yeah. Um, and just his, his touchdown production, he's just the, the perfect red zone threat, uh, 15 touchdowns at Cincinnati and that broke Brent Selick's, uh, Cincinnati record. Yeah. Um, and you know it, it is it's one of those things where he he's lined up in the sl- in the slot and in line um, i think he uses his length fairly well as a blocker too i think there's yeah. some um you know some drawbacks with his lower half and, and he can get him in trouble but i think he finds ways to win as a blocker i think more so than anything it's the yeah. the pass catching and the red zone threat that he is and um, i think he's
0: going to get a little bit bigger at the next level yeah. too and fill out a little bit more but he had a great senior bowl too i mean it, yeah he, He's definitely one of those guys that the Bucs can get him on, on day three in that fourth, fifth, I, I think he's going to be gone by the fifth, by, you know, later in the fifth round, but, but yeah, he's, he's a, a player, man. You pair him with Kate Otten and, and Keith, and that tight end room is young, but it's got some talent.
1: Yeah. I mean, this tight end class, I think is pretty deep. And we saw a lot of good tight ends uh, at the senior bowl in mobile, but he was one of them that stood out and, Got to point out here that houston i don't know if it's a corner of safety that where his his mouthpiece is yeah. uh, located that really is ridiculous me off. caught yeah. my eye and i was I like first i was like what is that is and it an antenna
0: or what is it it's yeah. his mouthpiece yeah yeah that threw me off exactly um so here are mine uh real quick because if you've read my SRS Fat five i went into detail wanted bailey to kind of have the floor today to talk about his but wiley's also one of mine um I also like Kendon hooker. I just think that there's something about this guy. Uh, the Bucks have had him in for a top 30 visit. I'm not saying they're going to draft him or not draft him, but there is some intrigue there with this guy. I like him better over Will Levis. Uh, I love the touchdown and interception ratio. He's not a perfect product. Coming from that Josh Hypo offense, it's it's a lot of you know one-look throws. Um, very quarterback friendly, but I, I like this player. I think that he he's got some real upside too. Now, the thing is, is – I, I actually had Anton Harrison. I wrote about him. I wrote about Anton Harrison in my SRS Fab Five. Left tackle out of Oklahoma. This guy, what I like about him, Bailey, is is you you put him in as a day one left tackle. You leave Tristan Worf's on the right side, right? And and boom, all is right with the world, okay? I think this guy can come in and, and be a plug-and-play left tackle. Now, that's not to say I don't like Darnell Wright. And, I, and after seeing the the exchange today on twitter i'm gonna have to go with darnell right okay if you missed it and i I, if you if you are um if you're offended if you're easily offended please turn away okay please mute your your (laughs) box here for a second um because he went after uh, a member of the cincinnati media that that does a podcast his name is willie Lutz. darnell this this is actual like DM exchange here on Twitter. Uh, Darnell Wright is a pure right tackle and has no business playing left tackle because Darnell Wright played right tackle his sophomore year, left tackle his junior year, and then right tackle his senior year. And Darnell says, you are a pure, um, and you can read it there, it starts with a D. Um, (laughs) What year did you play to say anything or to say anybody – has any business doing anything. So basically, that, that's, that's what we have to put up with the media sometimes As people say, well, well, when did you play football? You know, whatever. Okay, I get it. Now, apparently, Darnell kind of made up on Twitter. And he says, probably a little heavy on the specific choice of words. Hey, I'm no choir boy. <laughs> but this is when someone says, I can't do something. It really grinds my gears, Willie Lutz. It's all good. You are probably actually defending me a bit. Appreciate that. Maybe we'll do a podcast in Scentsy one day. I just like that. I like the start. I like I like the aggression. The I'm going to kick your ass, you know. And and then I like to finish the Hey, listen, you know. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll do a podcast one day. I like <laughs> Darnell Wright. This this is he's if the Buccaneers end up with Darnell Wright or Anton Harrison in the first round, I'll be a happy man because I think both these offensive tackles can play. Um, heading to the defensive side now. Um, will mcdonald from iowa state is is a is my draft crush um uh, no offense to felix DK dike Ozama, I, I love him because of his wildcat roots i've just seen will mcdonald destroy kansas state and other teams in the big 12 enough i'm ready for him to leave and go to the nfl <laughs> and if it would be for the buccaneers all the better i think they could use a big time edge rusher like that um and then let's see um Uh, We're running out of time here, so I'll just get to another guy here real quick. Uh, Julius Brentz from K-State. He is coming in for a top 30 visit. He texted me that on Saturday. We reported that on pewterreport.com. Big pterodactyl-type wingspan. Uh, I think he's got like 10-foot-long arms, like Freddy Krueger, like in the the alleyway scene from the the old uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Perfect Todd Bowles-type corner six foot three 198 pounds four interceptions last year arrow pointing up with this guy and uh, i just I, I like what he brings to the table uh, todd bowles was at the k-state pro day and obviously likes Brents enough to bring him in for a visit uh, teddy says being a bucks fan on twitter is accepting the fact that the Peter report account is also a k-state account well if you if you count up all the tweets that we do I think you will find 99.9% of them are on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and 0.01% of them are on the Kansas State Wildcats. That's just how it is. I run the show, um, and I don't have my own Twitter account. So (laughs) the the few times during football and basketball season, I'll throw a little K State love out there. I'll do it. But so that those are my my draft uh, crushes. Your thoughts, Bailey? Real quick
1: before you. Yeah, Prince, especially especially for where he's going to get drafted, I I think would be a slam dunk uh, where he is. Um, but and then the same thing. If Will, Will McDonald is another one who I I want to watch more of because I've seen a little bit and what I've seen I've liked. Um, and as we talked earlier about the edge rushers, I think there are a number of edge rushers that they've talked to a number of edge yeah. rushers that they could bring in um, who would be would be really really beneficial to add to that room. Yeah. So yeah, I like those.
0: So here's southpaws I guess this is your super chat question. Who do I like more, Donnell Wright or Anton Harrison? I I probably would give the edge to Harrison just because I don't have to wonder about Tristan works playing left tackle. Right. If that makes sense is I know that Tristan works is an all pro pro bowl right tackle. I think he could be that on the left side, but I don't have to try to find out now. Harrison's the left tackle. So just based on the positional, you know, need the hierarchy of left tackle being a little bit more important than the right tackle because you're protecting the blind side of a right-handed quarterback. I'd probably say Harrison. But, again, I'm a big Darnell Wright fan, and I can see the logic there. And also, too, Wright has played some left tackle. So he does have that positional flexibility, too. So I would say either one of those uh, guys would be would be quite dominant um, on this Buccaneer offensive line. Yes, Will McDonald is a freak. No doubt about it. Um, yeah. Let's see here. We have uh, another uh, – what is this? Uh, this is from – Someone named Joshua Capo. 5% of the PR tweets are USF hate by way of UCF love. Shake my damn head. That's true. Charge on.
1: Who's Josh Capo?
0: I don't know. He sounds familiar. I, he wrote He wrote the article about uh,
1: Shaq Barrett. Oh, what? was that? That was on PeterPort.com? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's one of our writers. Yeah. Nice. All
0: right. Yeah. A- we love you, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right, folks, before we get out of here, uh, no fancy schmancy segue. I'm just going to hit play on the age rejuvenation commercial right now.
1: As we age, our hormones decrease, both for men and women. I was tired all the time, had no sex drive. I was groggy. I felt like I was 80 years old because everything hurt. I came to age rejuvenation because... I was tired all the time.
0: Bioidentical hormones has really made such an impact in people's
1: lives. I actually enjoy shopping now. Got my, all my energy back. Mind is sharp. feel like I'm 18 again. It was perfect for me. Get with age rejuvenation. Do it
0: now. Don't wait.
1: Call age rejuvenation today.
0: That's right, folks. Age rejuvenation. If you want uh, more performance in the weight room or just more performance in your life, period. If you're... Getting older, and you feel like you're getting a little bit sluggish and your mental acuity is slipping, it might be a sign of low testosterone. Go to agerejuvenation.com, sign up for a free consultation today, get your testosterone checked. Your insurance will pay for it, get the blood work done. Can't recommend it enough. Age Rejuvenation, I'm a customer, and they've got five Tampa Bay area locations to serve you. Some great specials that they're running right now peptides, testosterone therapy all of that. So age rejuvenation folks, it's the place to be. And if you're looking for a place to, to go um, for all of your bucks, news and information, pewterreport.com, best bucks coverage, breaking news, inside scoop, game day coverage, expert analysis. Oh, what's that right there? Free agency and draft coverage. That's right. That's where we specialize folks. Make sure you're following us on social media at Pewterreport report with Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook and on our YouTube channel, pewter report TV. That's where you're watching this program, and we appreciate everybody who does, and we want you to like every video that we do. The more you like and the more subscribers we get, the better it is because it helps our algorithm and gets our content in front of more awesome pewter people like you guys. So this is a fun show, man. I really appreciate you hanging with me today, Bailey. Again, uh, prayers uh, to Matt Matera for the loss of his pop-up and and to the Matera family.
1: Yeah been fun um just in our thoughts to matt and uh glad we could we cover for him today and you know hope he can spend some time with his family
0: up there absolutely yep you got it uh for bailey adams i'm scott reynolds saying we'll see you tomorrow at uh, 4 p.m on tuesday for another edition of the pewter report podcast